What's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happen? You guys, this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. It is Tuesday, September 13th. So I hope you guys are having a fantastic start to the week after that Monday. Now we're on a Tuesday. We're going to have a great episode for you today. This episode's so good. It's like tickle me pink good foreshadowing but before we can jump into it i want to thank support for this podcast so first off support of this podcast is brought to you by manscaped the premier brand in men's below the belt care so yeah they do good work let me tell you the last thing you want to do is make sure that your boys down there are not taken care of i mean come on guys do you really want to make you have those boys down there be like crusty and old no 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 you don't want to you want to take care of that and I'll use myself as an example. So right down there, you know, I got big legs. So right around that point, you know, when the pandemic hit and I had to go outside and just like work out outside the entire time, all I was doing was running and biking. Don't get me wrong. I like running and biking. It's a good time. But chafing was my absolute enemy during those two months of the shutdown for the pandemic. Oh, dear God. Was it just, oh, it was bad. I needed some sort of relief. So I wasn't walking around bow-legged like, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. I felt like Yosemite Sam, honestly. However, that's where Manscaped came in. So I've been using them since 2020, and their Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant really insanely helped out. It goes on smooth, it, it smells fantastic, and it prevents chafing. I mean, my chafing went away. I haven't had a problem with chafing in two years. Over two years, I should say. And it's a lot of that thanks to Manscaped for making sure that I'm good down there. So... If you chafe, you go to a lot of concerts like I do, you go to a lot of those mosh pits that I do, and you've got big legs, you're like, Ugh, I'm afraid of chafing. Manscaped's anti-chafing ball deodorant called the Crop Preserver, that's what you need. And you can get it for a little bit cheaper than you know you normally would. So, you want it for a little bit less than full price? Boom. Go to manscaped.com, use the code CPP at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping on your entire order. <gasps> yeah, go and use it. We are also sponsoring the When We We're Hungry Music Festival happening in Las Vegas September 20th and 21st of 2022. And you guys know we've been supporting this po- this festival from like day one. I mean, we had Will and Malcolm Festival on the podcast back in early April to be like, yeah, this is a legitimate thing and look at where it's coming. Sorry, it was a meme and now it's a full-fledged festival. We've had bands on the podcast that are from the festival, like, I gotta think about this. We've had Modern Day Escape, duh. We've had Varsity, Outlier, Along Came a Spider, Saving Vice. Who the heck am I missing now? Palisades, there we go. Secondhand Serenade, the original ASD lineup, the Medic Droid, and now Tickle Me Pink. Oh, that's foreshadowing for you guys. Again, again. Eh, sorry, got a little cough in my throat. However, you're going to want to be a part of this festival, man. You want to know why? Because this is going to give you that warp through vibes. I mean, you can go from dancing one set to mosh another set to crying your emo heart out another set. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And honestly, all these bands are so stoked for it, man. You're going to be able to mosh with some of these bands, cry along with some of these bands. You might be arm in arm with someone from a band you really like singing along to Secondhand Serenade and crying your eyes. That might be a beautiful thing. So go get your tickets up for We Are Hungry Music Festival. Links are, uh, link is in the description of the podcast, wearehungryfestival.com. Tickets available now. Go and get them. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. You better be, too. Now it's time for a feature presentation. So I've got Sean from the band Tickle Me Pink on the podcast. Tickle Me Pink is playing day one of the corporate, or not, uh, day one of the We Are Hungry Festival. I said corporate podcast. That's kind of weird. But playing day one of the We Are Hungry Music Festival and... What can you expect from them on day one? Yeah, a lot of good things. But in this podcast, 
We talk a little bit about the new music that Tickle Me Pink is working on. We talk, tell some cool stories. We hear from Sean, but Sean's on a vision quest during this podcast. He's in nature. He's on the freaking vision quest. So we have a little one of our own as well. We get deep. We get philosophical. and You're not going to want to miss out on it because it's all mentally helpful. So are you guys ready for some fun music, fun stories, and a little vision quest with Sean from Tickle Me Pink? Yeah, you are. Let's go! Namaste. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. Let me tell you something. With the one we were hungry for music festival, since we started bringing more bands from the festival on the podcast to, you know, help promote the festival, hell, we're sponsoring it. We want to bring all these bands out. We want to get you into them or back into them as much as possible so that, you know, you come out to the We Were Hungry Music Festival. You come hang out and you come rock out to all these bands. Let's, you know, either vibe, cry, you know, that emo kind of style, or mosh like crazy. I'll be doing all three of those because, well, that's the fun of it. And we got another great band on for us today. So please welcome from the middle of a vision quest, Sean from the band Tickle Me Pink. So, Sean, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hey, how's it going, Kevin, man? Good to be on here. Good to be on here, man, with you. Good to have you on. How's it been going in your life so far as we lead up to this? And, I mean, you said you're on a vision quest. You're taking, like, a break to do this. So, honestly, first, I feel honored. But also, that's absolutely insane you're taking a vision quest right now. Like, <laughs> my mind's blown. <laughs> like, I, I was trying to think about it. I was like, well, is vision quest the right phrase? I don't even know. Like, that was the only thing that came to mind. But... I just got sick of society since 2020 and just have kind of been bottling all this shit in and kind of getting angry. And it's like, why, why am I angry right now? And it's just all the bullshit going on and, and uh, just needed to get away for a while, do some camping do some fly fishing. And <laughs> uh, yeah, man, just write some awesome songs too. So and there's got to be a big piece of like mental health part of that too, to kind of remove yourself away from a lot of that negativity to just focus on, I would say more that like classic kind of nature of just like getting back to nature. Like you said, camping, fly fishing, just doing things where it's the singular focus is on the task at hand and just being out, being present at the moment and not having exactly. to worry about so many other things coming in and trying to influence all these different ways. People and opinions pulling you one way or another, yeah. just getting back to, you know, centering yourself within yourself. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just, it's just good to be out in nature. I saw a couple bears yesterday and like uh sang some songs to him you know <laughs> now now it's what just kind been of... a crazy ride man like i just i'm just trying to get away from the luxuries of, of our society and and it's been awesome like the songwriting material i've come up with it's just been like spark after spark after spark you know and quit drinking and you know i smoke weed but you know i i am from colorado so that's just part of the vision quest but you know it's just good to have my mind focused yeah it's gonna enhance the experience of it as well enhance the creativity unlock it and being out in nature as well just seeing how just being connected back to like your own surroundings and just how kind of like the atmosphere is going to affect you in a way because think about it when we're back in society and we're kind of in this you know more rigid kind of structure of society it's we don't get that time to just experience exactly how the like the natural world is going to affect us. We don't, we just are constantly in this, you know, rat race style of life enclosed, focusing on the digital side of things. 
we don't get that connection with, you know, the outside world. We don't get to feel that. We don't get that positive emotion that comes to I mean, hell, think about like seasonal depressive disorder, like here up in the northern United States where I'm in, because I'm in Wisconsin. When winter hits, all of a sudden, you know, you might not see the sun for two, three weeks at a time. That really fucking affects your mood. Hell so yeah, man. When you're able to get out in nature, just experience that once again. Your mind gets clear. You just feel more at peace. You feel happier. You feel more centered within yourself. So from your perspective with the songwriting process and just kind of getting your head back into that mode, like the creative process must just be flowing right out of you right now. It is, man. And I'm um, sorry. I cut out for a second. Yeah, it is, man. Just um, fucking ADHD. Uh, yeah, man, I have ADHD and I'm bipolar and I do, uh, my girlfriend right now is into natural healing and stuff. So we do all this cool stuff on just having to have like dealing with your brain in a healthy way and not viewing that kind of shit is a bad thing, but more as like fucking superpower, you know? And so it's just kind of honing in on that stuff. And it's funny cause like writing for Tickle Me Pink, I was in high school, you know, and that was like the opposite of what I'm doing now. That was like getting to the fucking drama, right about all the stresses and emo and all that stuff going on. And it's kind of evolved into, you know, I guess just as I evolve as a person, I write about more where I'm at, you know. Yeah. And the, if, if you're going to write about more of where you're at right then and there, I mean, the emotion's going to come out and we're going to feel that we're going to be able to connect with that. And now that, you know, kind of on the vision quest thing, really be able to hone that in and really get a f- further understanding of where you are at the moment, just really feeling that. I mean, it's just going to help you out in terms of songwriting. And when we get to listen to it, one of the new stuff comes out. I mean, we're going to be able to feel that emotion straight up and straight forward through that because we can believe it. Fuck. Yeah, dude. And that's honestly like you're, you're reading my mind. That's been the whole purpose of this. Like, I don't care what kind of music it is. I'm super into to everything from metal to like, you know, Sigaros or whatever it is. And um, it's like you can uh, oh, ADHD again. Fuck, dude. I got to slow down on coffee. Uh, oh, don't do you remember what I was saying? <laughs> um, not really. I was like listening all of a sudden when ADHD hit. I was just like, oh, damn. Now I lost track too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> But but it, it, it kind of came back to like what oh, I just oh oh yeah the, just sorry I didn't cut you off <laughs> oh no you're fine um my girlfriend's trying to tell me what I was saying but I don't even and my ear thing just fell out oh yeah you were talking about authenticity and like the importance of that to me that's kind of been the whole purpose of this it's like I felt like um so many people are pressured musically from what they listen to in a good way i mean i wouldn't be the musician i am without the influence i influences i still have and the ones i have growing up and getting inspired but at the same time it's also easy to get stuck in that world of trying to write a song that's exactly three minutes long that has a hook here that follows the same structure that matches your old music that like you're being pulled a million fucking directions in the music industry and it's like for me, it's it's stressful and it takes the creativity out of it. Like, um, so for me, it's like I I know whatever kind of music is coming out right now, which is all all fucking over the place style style wise, but it will be authentic and genuine. And I think you can see that from the bands that are successful on stage. Like, uh, like usually the biggest of big bands, even if they're older, you can see in their eyes like the passion there and the authenticity and trying to get their message across whatever that is you know 
Oh, yeah. And like the big example band that I bring up at any point in time when I think about that, when it comes to a big band that's like on top of their game, just doing whatever they want creatively and still seeing the authenticity around it every step yeah. of the way. No better example right now than Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. They've been around a long time, too. Good for them, man. Yeah, they, they, they kind of like their first album came out, what, 2005, 2006? And they've gone yeah. from like deathcore, metalcore, you know, like arena rock stuff, gone to some interesting like alternative, like interesting top like 40 music. Top yeah, 40 music. Crazy, and then man. you go to like their post human survival horror EP, which is like, you want every bit of anything they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Listen to that thing and you're going to get everything within there. I love it, man. As long as you feel in your, your heart you're not selling out, then I think you're doing the right thing with your music, you know? Yeah, like I, yeah, just be, in my mind, feeling stagnant as a musician and being trapped by the, the people around us is like the ultimate way to just squash the shit out of your passions and your your energy. You know, I don't even think that just pertains to music as a whole. I think that pertains to life yeah. as a whole because I think That's about right. this in the same way too. Think about all the people that are, you know, out there and, you know, say you just, you kind of, you have a job and you're in it for the money. It's just like, okay, you know, it's providing a certain lifestyle afterwards you want, but you're just not feeling it. It's just your passion for what you want to do in life just kind of dwindles because you're not doing what you want to do. You're doing what you're expected to do at that point. You're exactly, following along man. a certain path that other people potentially want you to follow along. Like I've got a buddy, he cuts metal for a living. And it's, is it the most glamorous job in the world? No. Does he love what he does and he loves the, like what it brings to him? Yeah. He's got a wife. He's going to end up having a family real soon. He has his own house. He's the hat, one of the happiest guys I've ever met in my entire life. I'm like, exactly. He's not constrained by someone saying, oh, you should have gone to college and been like a lawyer oh, or yeah, something. man. That's why I'm in music too. Don't let people persuade you on what you should fucking listen to. Use it as like an example. And obviously we have preferences on what we like, but like, I hate just like, I don't know. I don't love the closed mindedness of, of a lot of stuff, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I have to agree with you on that too. Cause when you have like that, clo- even when it comes to music, when you have that closed mindedness kind of style, it's your so tunnel vision focused on one aspect or one singular goal to the point where you don't really get to see what else is out there and you don't get to experience what else is out there. So you might not experience what you're going to like in life and what you're going to end up yeah. being able to really experience. I mean, myself, it was like, after I graduated college, it was, I thought that, you know, it was that classic go to the job and see what happens and just take it from there. And I fucking hated it. Like <laughs> could not stand the corporate world at all. So I needed to find a way to do something that I could find passion in something that was going to be for myself. All it took was one concert and one mosh pit. I'm like, I don't care what other like hell I have to go through, but at least I have something to latch on to. And now, uh, almost five years later, here we are. Oh, yeah, man. I remember like moshing to Norma Jean, one of my first concerts, like during the Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child tour with his like, Oh, I think Under Oath was opening or something, but that was like one of my first shows. And I was like, oh, I fucking love this music, you know? But um, yeah, so it was, it, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Like um, for me, it was crazy because I signed a deal with a big label coming out of high school. So I was like 18 or 19 when I got offered this deal. And then, you know, immediately we're out touring and it was fucking badass because like, I'm going out with all these bands I grew up listening to and spending three and a half, four months with them, you know, like, and 
that's something else too. Like I played a, with a lot of different styles of, of musicians throughout touring and stuff. And usually the people that understand what we were talking about the most are the musicians. Like the metal bands are friends with the pop bands. I promise you, like people on the road understand that. Like it's just a stage persona, you know, but it's about, you know, marketing. But Oh yeah. Hey, whatever, man, we live in capitalism. It's not a bad thing. It's it's not a it's not a bad thing, but at the same point in time, it's you want. I I had a conversation with another band that's going to be on the We Are Hungry Festival lineup. My friend uh, Joey Arena and the band Outlier. We were talking about yeah. rock and metal, and when it comes to like kind of looking at more of like the capitalism, the business side of things, when rock and metal was very popular, you know, seventies, eighties, like when it was the most popular genre, it was about the attitude. It was about just you know being your like being yourself being that like full-on just who cares and now it kind of has more of this like commercialized like you have to be a certain way like it's more about the image that you're presenting than the attitude that it is and a lot of the bands where it's like you know sure the biggest one of those biggest bands in the world it's like there definitely is some of that image that's still there but when it looks at you look at the creative aspect of you take a look at the attitude they bring to what they're doing it just still stands out as a more prominent thing and I'll, I'll use Bring Me the Horizon once again, just because with all the different experimentation that they do, it's like people like some people are like, oh my God, now they're going soft. And it's like, they're like, yeah, so who cares? This is what we wanted yeah. to do. If you Fuck don't it. like it, you can go to our old stuff and listen to that. But if you like the new stuff, come here and listen to this stuff too. Dude, exactly. And this is, this is my piss off some of your listeners, but I don't really care. Like, um, I think that like punk rock has gotten more conformist lately. Like, when I was growing, I sound old, but when I was younger and like, even with like Warped Tour and stuff, and then, you know, like Black Flag and all these fucking cool ass punk bands. And um, it's like, it was like, fuck the government. Like we're, this is about anarchy and rebelling and fuck society and mandates and being told what to do. And now it's like so many people in the music world, I feel like are just like, no, do exactly what you're told. Do this, do that. Like some of my, I mean, I'm not pro mask or, anti-mask just being honest with that but like uh i have friends that they're lost their music careers for two years not just from covid but even now because they refuse to get vaccinated because they don't want people telling them what the fuck to put in their bodies and it's like and all these venues won't allow them to play and to me it's like okay well the sports stars can go out into the arenas and play and no one have masks on but heaven forbid the musicians and their conformity to to whatever the fuck is going on that's that's like a big reason why i had to get away you know oh understandable and i I totally understand where you're coming from too and if it pisses off listeners then you know this is the reason why i love being on these podcasts love doing this stuff if people present a different opinion than you yeah you might you might not agree with it but listen to what they have to say find out the context behind it and get an understanding of it you don't have to agree with it but have the civil conversation with there and what you said about punk rock too it's like I also I really like punk rock. I my I've liked it ever since I was a kid. I love the fast paced energy of it. Hell, my favorite band of yeah. all time, my favorite band of all time is fucking Rise Against, and I will still stand on that to this very day. And I got some I stories do, about them, man. <laughs> oh shit! Now you get me excited, but I do want to just peek on this where what you said about you know having a, it used to be more like just into like individualistic, just kind of you know full force, just not really conforming to anything. And now a lot of the message is much more conforming to, you know, kind of what one side of political spectrum wants to say. I have noticed that as well. So you're definitely not in the wrong there. 
And it seems like, again, with the edge, like sometimes like with some bands, like that anger, that upfrontness is still out there, but it also yeah. has gone from like, you know, it also has gone from like, have your own individualistic opinions and be able to connect with people on those opinions to kind of that do what we say moment. And I, I still like Rise Against as well, even though some of their stuff is politically is not on the same level as me. But yeah. like when I listen to their music and listen to their stuff, like they're bringing out certain things in a poetic way where... Yeah, they like they might be following along a little bit more with what's popular today in terms of the uh, like political side of things or like the yeah, like that's who they are, yeah. man. But like, that's always who they've course. been. That's always yeah, who they've man. been. They've never ver- never wavered from it. And it's like you listen to what they came out like on the unraveling or revolutions per minute back in like the mm-hmm. early two thousands versus like the message and the and their and the passion they have in nowhere generation from twenty twenty one. It's the idea and the mindset is still the same. Like nothing is really like their powers. Nothing really has changed. They're not really conforming to anything except for what they believe. Yeah, exactly, man. And it's Tim's old band, The Killing Tree. Did you check them out? Um, I they're haven't really cool. much. No, not really. <laughs> oh, they're cool. It is way back in the day. He'd probably be pissed I'm bringing it up, but like he he screams the whole time. It's pretty cool. It's like a different kind of side of Rise Against, but. Holy so, shit! I gotta yeah, check it man. out. Now. So, so rise again. Okay, okay. Can I tell a story for a second? But yeah, it kind of has to have a little backstory. Oh, so, go for it! I love stories, man. Okay, cool. I'll try not to get too off track. Um, so we recorded at um, the Blasting Room here, where I live in Fort Collins, and that studio was started by Bill Stevenson, who is the drummer who started Black Flag, and he's the drummer of the Descendants. And um, he's record. He recorded basically all of Rise Against Records here in Fort Collins. So just from living here and doing music, we kind of crossed over paths a couple times. Well, uh, our bass player back then just was working at the Blasting Room and had just recorded Rise Against, and his favorite band uh, was Rise Against. So he was fucking stoked. Like he has We All Dream tattooed on him. That was the only tattoo he had, and like he. Uh, well, so anyways, he recorded Rise Against, and we all kind of became friends through that. I was I was really young, but unfortunately, our bass player passed away, and it sucked. It was the same the same exact day our label was coming out on a major label in two thousand and eight. So we were like so stoked, and I, you know, our actually our merch guy and I went to wake him up in the morning to go do an interview at like eight a.m. and we had unfortunately passed in the night, you know, and we were really young and just thought we were pretty invincible. And that was a huge like wake up call, but um, rise against, we kind of became closer friends through that and played some shows with him. Well, um, okay. So, so that was our relationship with them. And then I think Tim has a house in Boulder with like, uh, lives out here. So he's around sometimes and, we played this show that was a benefit for one of the people that works at the blasting room when they were here. And so Tickle Me Peak and Rise Against, we played in this little clothing shop that we let like 50 people in and we made up fake band names. And we just, everyone was just in a circle around us. We didn't even have the PA system. We were just, well, the PA system sucked. So like Tim and I were just screaming at the top of our lungs, all the songs. And like, it was honestly one of the most fun times I've had at a show. Like Bill Stevenson, the, the drummer, came and played guitar. And and um, it's cool living in this town. Like, I've got to sing with the Descendants. 
like which is another like pop punk band I really like and Bill Stevenson and some of those guys have produced a lot of my music and it's just so fucking badass like just knowing those dudes you know and it's you know it, it was kind of tough thinking back now and I'm looking at all this like it set off our touring career we had already toured some with like sick puppies I think and a couple other bands but like that the passing of my friend Johnny that was kind of like when we were supposed to be kicking off tour and it just put like a weird fucked up taste in our mouths you know luckily we were able able to like hire our best friend into the band who was also friends with Johnny that was like the only way I was like I'm still gonna play because it was his dream too and it was just messes with everyone you know but now it's just it's been a long time and you don't like forget those people but you know I still feel like he's a part of our band and shit you know and uh learned a lot from him but yeah that was my my tangent but you can keep that or not <laughs> well well first things first is just I'm thinking about it's potential like the thought of seeing you guys and rise against in a little bookstore like, because that, because like around that time, like I would have been like, shoot, I would have been like 13 years old, just starting to get into Rise Again. So like, Damn. I would have lost my fucking mind. Like 13, I'm even like, this is too cool. Like, it was awesome, man. We did, we did Warp Tour with them one year too. So Warp Tour is fun. I wish that was still going on. It was just always so kick-ass, like just chilling with all the bands every day, you know, but it was it was crazy. I don't know if you know this, but like, so you have to get there at 9 a.m. when they had it. And if you're like five minutes late, they wouldn't, you couldn't play. So the first like couple of weeks I did work to, we were a brand new band in a van and like the air conditioning, like was shit out. And like, we were, we were the ones driving throughout the night. We weren't on a tour bus, like all the big bands at that point. And like, we'd have to be there at 9 a.m. And sometimes it was like 12 hour drives. And then they'd put all the band names in a hat that weren't the huge headliners and draw your name. And you could play anywhere between 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Without, throughout the day, every single day, you never knew when you were gonna play. And so it was just like, between that and the van, I was like, I am never doing Warp Tour again in this style. <laughs> like, it was rough, but. It's like if I'm doing warp tour again, I want to make sure we have a consistent schedule. I don't want all of a sudden exactly. find out that one night we're, you know, at name out of the hat, we're playing at like 6:30. And then yeah, we gotta go dude. to a 12 hour drive to the next event, next area, and then all of a sudden name out of the hat. Oh, you guys are at 11 a.m. Fuck. Uh, and and the crowd energy is so different throughout the day, and depending on what stage you were on and stuff too, you know. But yeah, well, yeah, even like it's a good time we'll even take a look at festivals now because like this year so far i've been to uh i was at welcome to rockville in florida nice and it's like the the energy too is different of course you know later on in the day like the bigger bands are gonna be there there's some people are waiting for those but like some of those younger bands are you know or upcoming ones that are earlier on in the day <laughs> like the energy is different if you're able to put something out there early for people like uh I think it was day two. This was before all the rain happened. They had, it was mid, like middle of the day. They had seven dust go on and they had no one else played during that time. So everyone was over at seven dust. The energy was just absolutely insane. And then right as the set ends, here comes the rain, here comes the thunder and lightning. And now the energy is just gone. But like we had it so built up from like, we had it so built up from, uh, 
from seven of us were like, come on. And then all of a sudden rain hits and we're trying to figure out what's going on. There was another rain delay, but I still got to mosh for like 20 minutes till we came as Romans while it's pouring rain out. And I had an absolute blast. Saturday though, I was mad because the rain delay canceled rise against set. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> but even though like, yeah, Sunday they're so came, great. Yeah. But then like Sunday came too for that festival and they had spirit box on at 3 PM. So all of a sudden, like, the energy level for that festival was, like, getting up to it. It's like, okay, here we go. All of a sudden, 3 o'clock hits, Spirit Box goes on. That festival just went through the fucking roof and was high the rest of the day. Well, I'm stoked for the When We Were Hungry Festival, and there's some kick-ass bands on the lineup, so that'll be fun. Absolutely. Let's jump into that a little bit. So, first things first, what's the story of how Tickle Me Pink got on the When We Were Hungry lineup? Because I've been asking every band that's been on the lineup how this happened, and it's it's always like the like the most in, like incredible stories of just it just kind of happened. So how did it happen for Tickle Me Pink? To be honest, man, like we haven't played we haven't played a show in like quite a few years now. We've been writing and like just didn't want to keep playing the same stuff, and I wanted to do something more original. And same with those guys, and um, like. It was just the beginning of the year, the end of last year. I think we got an email on Facebook asking about it and um, if we wanted to play. And we get a lot of requests like that. And I usually just ignore. I'm not trying to be a dick, but just wasn't ready to play live. And um, my phone's dumb. Okay, so yeah. But anyways, um, what was I saying? God, I hated it. My phone cuts out. My ADHD just kicks in. Yeah. I so so basically you were saying it was like you guys haven't played a show in a while and you've been focused on writing oh, yeah. stuff so you weren't going to play the same stuff over and over again. You wanted something fresh. Yeah, so we just wanted to do something fresh and I've been writing and um, I uh, decided to get like sober and do all this stuff I'm doing right now um, like was my New Year's resolution. So I haven't like partied or touched alcohol or done any of that shit this year. And if you guys knew me, like, I mean, the dudes from Pantera told me that I party harder than any metal band they've ever known. And that was like, at the time, I took that as a, a fucking uh, compliment. But like, they always laugh. It's like, oh, you're a top, you're like an alternative rock band. And who the fuck are you? But <laughs> I lived hard, man, when I was young. There's just no responsibilities. And so like, this is just a totally new approach to things. And it's been been fucking awesome but october i was kind of like that'll give me kind of 10 months to just kind of discover what i want to do write some new music practice to where i feel super solid with the set and then after this release some new music which i haven't told anyone yet but definitely gonna happen hell, hell yeah we'll talk about a little bit more even later on but again like i would really want to figure out like so when it, how did it go from, you know, you find out about the festival to being on the bill? Like, what's the story behind there? Because I love to hear how these origin stories of how all these bands that are on the We Were Hungry Bill ended up on the lineup. Because, again, they're all really, like, different and sometimes, like, the most just backwards things possible. But it's it, it's so cool of how this festival came. I just want to add to the lore of it. To be totally honest, man, I don't really know. <laughs> like, it was just kind of like... I think it was an email, but I'm not like positive, man. And I just talked to the guys and I was like, hey, like I'm kind of vibing on this. Like we should go to Vegas and play a show. It'll be fucking kick ass. And then let's do some more shows and write some music. 
at first it was just like, let's go to Vegas and have fun together. And then it's evolved into like, let's do all this other stuff. So we're just fucking stoked to, to, to be playing it and hopefully see some old friends and stuff. I haven't looked at the totally up-to-date lineup, but I know there's some great bands playing. Well, I'm going to add three things out of that. First things first is what you're not the only band that I've heard that I've talked to where, and I've heard about the origin story where it's just like, honestly, we don't even know how this happened when I, uh, cause I've had Palisades on the podcast before they were announced for the lineup as well. And then they came to Milwaukee for a show. So after the show, I was hanging around the bar a little bit. I ended up talking to Brandon, their lead singer. And I brought up the We Are Fest. He's like, dude, I don't even know how we got on that lineup. He's like, I, I just found out we were playing it when it got announced that we were playing. It. I was like, what are we doing here guys? But he's like, I saw that, but I'm like, I'm super stoked now. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> Secondly, uh, the story just like, you know, maybe we're just going to have, you know, come out in Vegas and part and all of a sudden it's like, it's involved, it turned this whole entire thing. That is one thing that even talking with some of these other bands as well, that was something that a lot of them are like super excited about where it's just bands that, you know, maybe haven't been around for a while or bands that, you know, took a break and all of a sudden now they're coming back. And it's like, this is the reason why they're coming back. It's giving them an opportunity to be like, okay, maybe we can go and give this a shot again. Maybe it's going to be a thing that's going to, you know, reignite mm-hmm. that passion for that project once again. And then who knows where it might lead. And it might mean new music. You might see some crazy new friendships. You might see some crazy collaborations that come out of this. On top of that, every band I've talked to too is like, look at the line, they're like, oh, I haven't seen these guys in like five years. I've seen these guys in like 10 Same years. Same here, man. And it's just like nuts. I'm like, this is going to be like what, like it's going to be like kind of has that warp Tour feel to it, like all these different bands that are on there. Mm-hmm. But everyone's going to be friends and it's only, a, it's a two-day thing at the exact same spot. So everyone's going to be coming in and all of a sudden it's like, I've got a feeling like half of the people that are going to be in the crowd are going to be performing at the festival because everyone's just hanging out. Then there's going to be the other half of us that are going to be just like, wow! Oh, hell yeah, dude. That'll still be me anyways, so... <laughs> So then I can expect at some point in time during one of the bands, doesn't it could be some band, we'll see who it is. Maybe it might be Black Flag. All of a sudden, the circle pit's going to be going. All of a sudden, I end up oh, running you yeah. and be like, hey, Sean, how's it going? <laughs> Push. Dude, you'll, I'll be in there. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you see the guy wearing the Milwaukee Brewers hat in that pit, you will 100% know it's this guy. All right, man. <laughs> Where I think that every show just to stand out, and it's like it has not failed me yet, so I'm going to keep it rolling. Hey, at least it's not like, Red and Fred Dursty. No, it, no, it's blue and like, like Walmart value brand. I Fred like Dursty. it. Man. I'm into it. It's good. Hey, hey man, I just got to keep rolling, rolling, rolling with it. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, I like that. I just gathered where you went. And and then there's my bad pun for the day. My bad dad joke for the day. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to tip your waitress. I'll be back next week. I guess I don't fucking. <laughs> I'm full of dad jokes, man. I have two kids, so. So you're just like, you're just constantly cracking dad jokes every now and again. Just especially with two kids, it's just like, "Hi, hung. Hey, dad, I'm hungry. Hi, hungry. I'm dad." Exactly, man. That's that's me. All right. On the top of your head, what's the best dad joke you can think of right now? Oh my god! Put me on the spot. I feel like my dad jokes just come in a the moment. They're not very pre-planned. Gotcha. Just want to see if there was like one that just like yeah, popped in yeah. your head right then and there. All the things that came into my head just now are like really fucked up jokes. <laughs> so, hey, those are uh, fine too, but I'll give you two dad jokes that just came that I that I potentially like okay, really good. like. So first one, uh, why does Norway have barcodes on the side of all their ships? Why? When they come to port, they love to Scandinavian. 
<laughs> oh, I just I just thought of one for you. All right, what you got? How, how did Hitler tie his shoes with how? little Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I got another one for you. So um I started this website for um like a chick like a Tinder for chickens. I don't plan to make any money off it. I just want to make hens meat. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might have to send you this too after this. It's uh, a, a subreddit I found. It's just all dad jokes. And it just looked through. I'm just like, every single time it's like. <sighs> Please do. Please I could do. use these. Like, I could use these and just start, like, sprinkling them in my full-time job. Just on every single call. Just like, alrighty, here's a new joke for the day. Instead of, like, what I normally do, which is just ramble on about certain things. And then Fridays come along for the calls. And all of a sudden it's like, alrighty, is everyone ready? Is everyone need any questions? Anything else? And I'll just yell out, like, a big old Super Mario. <laughs> and just end the call like that and I'll just leave. It's like I got I got other stuff to do. And by other stuff to do, it's like, okay, that call's over. Do I have anything to do that's important? Nope. Okay, I'm gonna spin my chair this way. I've got podcasts to work on. <laughs> I love it. Just good stuff. So you, also, like, cause you just said, you know, you're working on like some new music. So what's been the inspiration for this new music that you've been working on? Cause I'm intrigued by this, especially after getting prepared for this podcast, listen to what tickle me pink cast offer. Now I'm intrigued at what you're potentially going to be bringing to the table with this new stuff. At the moment, like it's really, it just really is kind of all over the place. Like I think if a song doesn't sound good on acoustic guitar, that it like, even if it's super fast, heavy music, like if it doesn't sound good on acoustic, it's not a good song in my mind. Like, um, probably some people hate that too but i'm not saying it has to be on the recording on acoustic guitar i just mean it's writing it you can strip the song down and look at it and be like damn that song relates and it's good like that's all i mean just kind of the skin and bones of it but um i guess some of it so i have a song that will sound more like a positive song from what i'm writing if you've listened to like a Madeline or On Your Way Down. We've done a lot of kind of poppier music with a dark twist, usually on relationships and stuff. Like one of our songs, Go Die. It sounds like a love song and so you tell the person to go die. Like, um, but this is a little bit, it's not like a love song, but I'm trying to write some more positive stuff like about my kids. And But it won't be like, oh, my kids. It will be relatable in other aspects of life. <laughs> but. Oh, I can totally understand that too. And it's just, especially when you're writing new music now and this, the pers- like the place you are in life, you know, you have kids, uh, you just in a, in a different spot in life. I mean, now you're doing the whole vision quest thing as well as to kind of recenter yourself. It's just, you're going to end up looking at life differently through the experience that you've had than when you last recorded and you last worked on some stuff and came out with new music. It happens all over the place, all over the spectrum. Cause I always like to use, uh, asking Alexandria as an example of this. Cause like you take a look at like their albums, like stand up and scream. And it's just like, it's heavier. It's got that metal core feel to it. And you look at anything that come out with, you know, from their past three albums and it's a lot more hard rock driven. It's a lot, it's not as aggressive and it doesn't yeah. talk about as ag- many aggressive things. And I was reading an interview that they had with Kerrang uh, for their 2020 album. There's like, yeah, we just don't like relate to that music anymore. just because we're older. We have, we're dads, we're we husbands. Have kids, we have kids. Yeah. We've gone through different things. So our perception of life is different and our perception of experiences is different. So we're going to relate that to our music. And I'm just like, you know, that does make a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. where you are in life is different. Even uh, because using your kids as the example, I had a chance to talk with Tyler Tate from the band hollow front. 
and on his on their latest album from Hollow Front, it was uh, let me think what was it? They, he had a song basically as a like a letter to his kids, like yeah, I'm on the road all the time. You might not see me as much as you'd like to, but always know that I'm there for you, kind of thing. And yeah, looking at that, it's like awesome. you wouldn't write that ten years ago, but now because you've got you you've gone through experiences as a dad, you're gonna write stuff about that that's gonna hit in a different way, and people are still gonna be able to relate to it because they have a lot of experiences that might be similar to that, whether it's from the perception that you're coming from, you know, as a parent or from myself, it's like, how can I relate to that? I can see the other side of that and relate yeah. to it from a different way. Exactly, man. And there's also a lot of hard shit with being a dad too. Like I have two kids with two girls and it makes it difficult. I can't see them very often. So like for me writing this song, about something like that is a cool way to like show them yo i'm thinking about you you know but. yeah and it just again it adds more to the experience because there are other people that have gone through certain things like that where maybe you know their you know parents aren't together things have happened it's it's it, it we, we don't live in a world where you know we live in a, in a world where you know the divorce rate is rather high in terms of yeah so so there's so there's that so there's more people that can relate to some of that experience where you know parents aren't together or some parents aren't around as others as much so people can relate to that and by you maybe being able to express that through your music people get a different aspect and a different opinion of like okay maybe you're not able to be as round as much but that love is definitely not lost on there mm-hmm. because of the situation like the love and the support is still going to be there every step of the way from you on the uh, parental side of things and we're so we're so different than our parents in this generation at least a lot of us and it's like to me that's just part of part of the music and kind of part of everything. Um, I can love my kids being on FaceTime and talking to them or playing video games or whatever the fuck it is. Like technology is awesome right now for that kind of stuff. And it's like in our parents' generation, they don't really understand that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of older cultures trying to force you to view love is a different way and put pressure on like, well, you need to be here with your kids every single day. And it's like, no, I want to see them seeing me living healthy and interacting with the world in a positive way and doing what I love to do. Cause that's what I want them to do, you know? Yeah. And it's all about creating that positive experience from a parent side for your kids, because Kids are like, not every kid is the same. Kids are going to need different things, different attention where you might have a kid where, you know, their, their big thing is video games and they love the technology side of things. And they're focusing mm-hmm. on that. So be able to play video games alongside them. That could be just as powerful as maybe with another child that you have, you know, going out and shooting hoops with them in the backyard or just going for something or having more of that, like oh, yeah, yeah, face totally, to face yeah. interaction. It's different. I'll use my dad as the example. Like my dad, when I was growing up and he still does this to this day for work, he works second shift. So when it came when I was in school, you know, first grade all the way through high school, I never saw him during the week because yeah. he was asleep when I went to school. He was at work when yep. I got home. He, I was in, I was asleep when he came home. So I never, and then he would work Saturdays too. So I would see him maybe a day and a half during the week. But when he was home, it was like, you know, he wasn't going out with his friends. He wasn't going yeah, out drinking. Dude. He was spending time with us. If we, me and my brother had sporting events that we had going on. Sometimes he would take like some time off of work just to come and watch us at certain times. And even from like that perspective, it's yeah. Was he always around? No, but he was around. He was doing things to help support the family. And from my brother and I's perspective, we saw that completely. And yeah. we never, we never looked down at my dad for, Oh, he's not always around. No, he's out there trying to make life better for us. 
the respect from that is exactly. immense. And if you're able to put that out, like, you know, that kind of love and support in a song and show that, I mean, you're killing it right there. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, man. And it just adds more to the experience. And it also, you know, helps could help people out who don't have such a strong relationship with their parents as well, relate to certain things and potentially open up doors to start up those relationships once again, or better the relationships than what they already are. When you look at it and that's like badass, your dad was working, you know, fuck. I mean, it's, I mean, it's easier when you get older to look at things through other people's lenses and be like, fucking life is hard, man. Like (laughs) we're all just people on this earth for around the same amount of time just doing shit like if you simplify it you know (laughs) yeah i I forgot i forgot where i saw this or where i heard this but it was like we're all in this world still trying to just figure out our shit no one has it figured out i mean you like when my when my grandpa was well last night saw my grandpa before he died like he was 93 years old he didn't have everything in life figured out he didn't have his shit all completely figured out but he got he, he got by the life the best way that he could and he had a he, he was a great person had a great family from it like hey you yep. succeeded man like you, you absolutely succeeded there's no way around it hell yeah dude it it's just, just nice kind of it's a it's nice like evolving kind of in our in our culture to to see things not quite as horrible you know just with I mean fuck man like even growing up people were super afraid to come out and it's like now all the positive steps we've made in society it's like people can be themselves and not feel ashamed about it and to me that's super fucking important kind of the same along the lines of like what kind of music you listen to i mean how you dress everything you do like just be you you know as long as it's not fucking up other people's lives (laughs) That, that that's a good thing to add in there too because if it was <laughs> yeah. like if if your if your main prerogative life is to fuck everybody else up and yeah. fuck everyone else over okay that's that's not what we're looking for here but <laughs> what you did say too about you know people not being as afraid to come out anymore and be who they are especially in that aspect if you think about like t- 15 20 years ago i mean that was still something that was seen as a big giant like taboo piece where it just mm-hmm. It, it was, you would still get support from your family at times, but like, you know, you never really brought up or talked about it. Now it's like, you know, stuff like that. People are more willing to come out and people are more willing to accept that as well, because it's just you being who you are. It's just, you're, you're, you're showing us who you are. That's perfectly fine. We're good with it. Like, we're, yeah, I'd, exactly, rather have, man. I'd rather have you be you and be happy than for you to be someone that you think you should be just to put up a, a front just to potentially please other people and then be miserable inside because you get one shot at life. You don't want to live exactly. that life being miserable all the time. Yeah. If you can't be yourself, like get the fuck away from the people you're around. That's how I feel. You know, like you're totally right. Like I've seen a lot of people pass, you know, I'm only in my early thirties, but it's like you realize really quick that you get like one life, enjoy it. But, be careful as well you know i sound like such a dad when i say be careful i'm actually a pretty crazy person i don't mean like maybe just be more careful with who you allow into your life and that your inner circle because like as you get older you don't need a thousand friends to tell you how fucking cool you are to feel cool it's just like you got to find that identity for yourself and that's that's been a journey for me from being signed younger going and touring for years and years writing all these different things and then to where i'm at now it's just a far more peaceful place 
I'm actually like starting a podcast as well that's called Sober Road, I think, probably Sober Road. And um, my girlfriend and I are buying a, a bus and we're going to just travel around and have a little recording area. And I'm just going to go around to people in the industry I know, talk about people who I feel like kind of have their shit together. Like, I'm not defining what sobriety is. Like, I smoke weed all the time, you know, like, whatever, man. Sobriety, I think, to me, is just like, you know what's fucking your life up in my mind. Like, if you really look at yourself, it's like, am I the person I want to be? And I think in the creative world, especially, that people once you get sober or once you do kind of realize I need to grow up, I'm dying right now. Like physically, I like I'm dying from all the drugs and alcohol and like this lifestyle of not sleeping and partying all night. And it's, uh, I think it's just, uh, ADHD. Sorry. A song came on. I'm listening to, and I was like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I think as you, Oh yeah. So, it's just a way to, I'm going to talk to people that have been able to remain creative in their journey through the music world or the art world or the acting world or whatever it is and have a fucking fulfilled life still. And this is no judgment on people that, that drink or, or use drugs. It's, probably most of my friends do and there's no judgment at all. Um, but it's just showing some people that want to just kind of a different way to live that's badass too that's not that you in my mind for me i can like enjoy life a little more and understand at least what's going on instead of being so reactive i get to be kind of more proactive and create my own reality if that makes sense so a couple things one please for the love of god start that podcast man because that like just the message that you have behind there as well has such a powerful identity behind it that it'll allow people to also see, especially think about it from like the millennials perspective as well. Yeah. I feel horrible that I just said that. Oh dear God. Someone please hit me over the head. <laughs> well, I did get hit in the head two days ago. Uh, when we, from a recording this seeing a, uh, feet falling reverse and Papa Roach, I got a nice big scar on the side of my, uh, someone did hit me in the head. We'll put it that way. So like oh, it was a no. preemptive hit in the head, but Kind of the reason why, like, I want you to go out and definitely go out and do something like that is because from the perspective that I have, like, a lot of people, like, they really rely on and they have rely heavily on, you know, some sort of something, whether it's drugs, alcohol, throw weed in there. I like even though weed, you know, drugs, but it still has it's it still has kind of like its own culture yeah. and its own self. As yeah, and that's just that's just me. I'm not saying it's for everyone. Like, it, it helps me in my ADHD and I'm bipolar and I'd rather be natural, you know. But. Exactly. Like my, like myself, I, I don't smoke at all. I won't do anything with it. Just, it just doesn't, I just don't care for it. I just don't care for the effects it has on me drinking. Like I, like I, it's been in my kind of in like my DNA. I mean, I'm, I'm from a city they call the brew city. So it's kind of in my <laughs> DNA, but over time, like I've seen the amount that I've been wanting to drink, just go less and less and less to the point where it's just, yeah, I'm not going out and seeking it. I don't need it. And if it, I go to shows and whatnot, I don't drink at all at shows unless, you know, if, if I'm just be standing around and just like watching the show. Yeah, this time, I want to be present. I want to be in the moment. Same here, man. It's like if I if I focus on that too much, it completely takes me away from being in the present, enjoying the moment that I'm in. So I've really cut back on that. And I mean, who knows? Maybe at some point in life, maybe I don't drink at all just because 
I enjoy being in the present more. I still enjoy the, you know, the occasional couple of beers here and there. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. But ever since I kind of pulled back from it, and a lot of it was really starting this whole entire podcast thing up. And then when the pandemic hit, I really pulled back because it's, you know, yeah. I'm, well, I don't want to drink alone. That's just, that's just, why? No, I'm same not- here, man. But I, I did every day for fucking years. But dude, the thing is you shouldn't do to yourself though, or anyone should do is like, we live in a society and I blame this on like our grandparents' generation and our parents. This is so fucking shame-based. It's like, we get in these cycles of not being able to forgive ourselves and we just get stuck with resentment and live there like forever, just dwelling over and over on something fucking stupid you did and we can't change the past. It sounds so simple and basic, but being able to like say, if I had a night drinking and I was a fucking asshole and something happened, like being able to do what I can to be chill, make things cool if I hurt anybody, but also being able to be like, okay, that happened. I'm going to learn from it. I'm like, moving on with my life i can't dwell on this forever you know because then you're just literally fucking up your whole purpose in life you know you're just sitting still you're stagnant yeah at that point you're letting something from your past completely dictate your future because your present is so focused still on what happened in the past like it was like kind of just thinking about it you know a lot of people once again they they focus so in on the present or they focus on the past <laughs> that they let that affect their future because they're so they're present so focusing on what's going on in the past and it absolutely sucks it really does it, it's it's terrible but at the same point in time too we're all kind of victims of it because there's a, such a problem with just letting some things go at times and we've all experienced know, that but as times as life goes on it's like you realize and this is something i realized too you might think this is like such a big moment. You might dwell on it because, oh, you didn't like the way you acted this or that. Honestly, a lot of people are not going to remember what you did. I know. The only man. person that's remembering it is going to be yourself. We think people are always just thinking about us and they're fucking not. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and you're right. Most people are able to let go of things a lot easier than we're able to let go of things we do ourselves, you know. But it's, I just think it's funny. It's like we're this little speck in existence, and then like the world's existence is like an inch long, you know. And then it's like all the space around us that's time that we're all like, not time, that's just, that's the universe that we're missing and not seeing. We're just looking at this little fucking speck, you know. And to me, it's just like we've developed, and I'm speaking for myself too, like, I'm just it's so easy to develop tunnel vision you know and just like you said just focus on this little task in front of you or be dwelling on the future yeah and using like kind of the vision quest thing too it kind of helps to look at the bigger picture of things like when you're out in nature and you're experiencing that you see how much more there is out there in terms of space in terms of life in terms of time and you see how you know People really kind of get a feeling of how little their problems actually really are when they get away from all of it because they're not so focused in on like the, like the universe as, you know, the town that they live in or just the neighborhood that they're in or this itty bitty space. When you get out and kind of see all you get to see how vast it truly is. And you don't even take into account too the fact, like you said, if the timeline is this for the for the world, humanity is on like this little portion of it. Yeah. And you're just that itty bitty little like that right there. And that's, yeah, that's it. And then for the universe too, it's like if this is the Earth, this this like little circle right here, then space would be like the city of Milwaukee right now. Like yeah, that, exactly. Like that, and then you're the little, you're the tiniest little dot in there too. It's just, you know. Again, you might think something that happened in the past 
is like the biggest thing in the world. I know. And it's the thing that's affecting you. But like when you get that perspective, like, you know, no one else is really thinking about it. Everyone else is thinking about like, oh, what their fantasy football team did or the mm-hmm. fact they have to go to work or their kids' <laughs> schedules for the next day. No one remembers it like something that like that thing that is keeping you down or the thing that like you're so stuck on. So that kind of helps to potentially break from that. And also people will cope with that by using some of those substances like drugs and alcohol to kind of get away from that. Yeah. But it's a way just to delay dealing with that. It's not a way to actually. Exactly, man. And eventually that stuff just stacks up and it's like not a fun feeling, you know. No, but, it is you not know, a I, the podcast isn't just for people who are like sober. It's just for creative people to get strategies and ideas too. Cause it's like, these are going to be some very successful people. And it's like, I'm interested in doing these interviews to see what kind of they do. And I'm going to have them perform a song and maybe play with them or something. And just, uh, I don't know. I'm stoked. Like, People would probably look at where I'm living right now and like laugh their asses off. I'm just like in a tent with like a tarp over it on like a lake that's beautiful, which is cool. But like everyone else is in like these super expensive like campers around me and stuff. But it's like, I love it. And I think that's kind of how you view life. Like one person can view the same situation entirely differently. And it's all just a matter of perspective and being like this is fucking dope i have way less responsibility beautiful out like yeah you're right it's a good way to get your mind focused like just to get away for a while and then i'm sure i'll have to do this like 50 times in my life to stay stay sane once i go back to vegas and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah all of a sudden you go to vegas and next thing you'll be like okay we have to go camp in arizona another like vision quest yeah have, when you were in missouri were you at the rave and you mean Milwaukee? Or Milwaukee, I mean, sorry. Oh, I the go to rave. the rave. I go to the rave all the time, man. That like, place, it's my favorite venue I to go to. I fucking love playing there. I played there a lot, man. But yeah. one night it was with, like, Disturbed, and I think Eminem was upstairs. And one time it was, like, Seosin and Under Oath, and we were playing downstairs with 303, if you remember that band. And then, dude, that place is sick. Have you been to the swimming pool? And like all the haunted tunnels underneath the venue. I was when they opened up the venue around Halloween in 2020, so they could get, somehow get some sort of revenue for because again, oh, yeah. 2020, you know, closed. shows were canceled, everything was da- closed down. So Halloween came around and but haunted venue. So what they did was they sold tickets for like weekend days where you could go to the rave. <laughs> they would take you to like in the in the. Uh, like in the service elevator all the way to the like the balcony bar area. Yeah, yeah. Those are creepy as fuck up they, there, all those closets and stuff. They give you a flashlight and they said, okay, work your way downstairs and just explore. And my whole goal for that whole entire thing was because like the girl I went with, I told her my whole entire goal was like, I'm going to reminisce about like, oh, I got, this is where I like, this is where I started bleeding. This is where this happened yeah. at this show. My whole goal was find the pool. And I did. Oh, dude, it was it's awesome, man. I'm glad you found it. Like, oh. yeah, that's a that's a fun place. Like, this is kind of a, a to me, it's funny because it happened so long ago. At the time, it wasn't funny, but we flew out there to do a radio festival at the Raves, and um, we like so we didn't have all our stuff. They rented a backline, and so all we had was guitars because that's what you could carry on the plane, and like. We it was the night Obama won the first election because we were like with 303 and we were all celebrating. Okay, I remember it now. And like okay. 
this one person I made friends with offered to like give us a ride to our hotel. And so I didn't realize she was super fucked up. So like we get in the car with her. The first stoplight we get to, we just T-bone the shit out of someone. And then and then we were just like, go, go, go. And like the person was fine, but like we were like, get the fuck out of here. And then my bandmates are like, pull over, what the fuck's going on? So we pull into an alley and get out and like the bumper with her license plate on it had fallen off at the accident. So of course they knew who she was. Like when we came back to Milwaukee a couple of years later, it was like that that person was actually there and they it was not they did not make contact with us. <laughs> yeah, like it was funny. All right. It's so <laughs> all right, so Sean, can can you make me a promise then? And the next time you yeah. come back to play in Milwaukee, please don't get in a stranger's car to go back to the hotel. If you Deal. need someone, to t- if you need someone to take you back to the hotel, and you need a like a, a patron of the concert to go and do it, just reach out to me. Trust me, I'll be in the crowd having a blast, and I will. It, and, and the only way I'm gonna get fucked up is if I take if I'm in the pit and someone hits me in the head. Otherwise, I'll be fine. Hell yeah, dude, I'm in. <laughs> But, like, when you're saying, like, you know, it's like, you have to put like, you have Eminem upstairs. I'm like, I, I can totally relate to this. Like, I've been to shows where, like, this was absolutely nuts where they had, I forgot what pop star they had up top. I think it was at the, at the bar. Man. It was, like, Melanie Martinez, I think. Yeah. In the middle, in the club area, it was the middle stage. Blue October was playing. Oh, shit. I was down in the basement for Ice Nine Kills. <laughs> That's a cool show, man. It was just ridiculous. So weird seen everyone that was there and this was two days after halloween too so the ring nice. was still decked out in all the halloween stuff the spooky style was still there oh, yeah. and you get ice nine kills in the basement right next to the pool dude yeah i've seen them Come on. they're awesome man fuck yeah like yeah that place is that place is dope i want to go back there now i'm all excited I'll come back there. Hell, hell, even if it's just like, yeah, I want to go back there for a show. Literally, let me know. I'll figure out a way to get tickets, man. Like, I'll be like, Sean, I got you covered. Oh, We're yeah, doing dude. this shit. And, and all the times I've played there, like, even the bands, like, we didn't open for Disturb. That would have been a weird fit for our music. But, like, through the music industry, like, we know the same people. And it's all just, like, everyone on the road just, like, for the most part there's like those divas out there but for the most part people connect with each other and like you can go up to whoever's dressing room and hang out and like you know it doesn't really matter i think people just respect each other for like trying and getting off their ass and doing something you know yeah people respect the the craft and the amount of work that it gets that needs you yeah absolutely and you're you're right. Of course, you're gonna get those people in there that are just like, Ugh. like the likes of the divas. I just yeah. have to do that. But I won't say any names. I definitely know some of them from the music world. Yeah, don't don't need to name names. But it's I like the nah, maj- like what you said. Like the majority of it, if people are just like, you know what, we're just gonna you know enjoy this. We're gonna be cool with this and just yeah. relate because we all go through this. Like everyone, you all go, you all go through the same experiences. You all came up playing you know those dingy dive bars those small clubs in front of maybe a couple people maybe it was just family and friends and then next and then all of a sudden it's like now you got to this point and now you're playing in front of hundreds or in front of thousands of people it's there there, there's a level of respect there just getting to that point and kind of along with that this is a little story but this is someone i really respected we played a we played a show with the smashing pumpkins there's like eighteen thousand people there and um 
the drummer was only like 18. Billy Corgan's kind of notorious for having some younger people in his band. Well, like he had all these McDonald's stickers on his road cases. And one day I was talking to him backstage before their set. And I was like, I've just been curious. Like, why do you have McDonald's stickers? And he was like, yeah, man. Like I was working at McDonald's like six months ago and they had open auditions and I was living with my mom and Billy Corgan, my mom hung up on me on him three times because she didn't believe it was him and like i use it to keep grounded and he's just fucking it was like he's older now but he's just like 18 year old badass you know and i think people like that who have a past or or touring and don't just all of a sudden get to the top like you grind and grind for years sleeping on people's floors and couches and doing the van life breaking even or losing money just because you're so passionate you know and then you finally get that payoff and you respect it so much more, you know? Oh yeah. It's even like from my perspective as well, just getting able to, you know, connect with as many artists as possible through this podcast. And then once shows are coming back in 2021, being able to go out and actually, you know, see them in person, support them at a live show, and then get to hang out with them potentially afterwards and seeing kind of just the amount of effort that gets put into Mm -hmm. just, not not only like i mean you of course when you're when you're when you're a patron and you go to a show you see the band perform it's like you go there you watch the band perform and then you leave what you don't see is you know them going coming to the venue early setting everything up that they need to set up yep. especially for a smaller band all of a sudden you know they go on stage they perform and they have to take all their stuff down they're the ones that are selling merch they have to take care of everything yep. like it's it's not just they're there to play the show and that's it and just hang out like there is so much more added on to no, that man. And there's, and just seeing that, like, because uh, in April, like, there's a show that came from Milwaukee, band from England that I've had in the podcast called Caskets. Like, they, it was their first show in America, and I'm like, I got to hang out with them a little bit, like, after the show, and then I had a case of beer in my car, because I'm like, I let, like, I had them on the podcast, yeah. and it's like, I like to bring guys a case of beer. After, after, they're like, can you wait, like, an hour around after we get everything cleaned up? Yeah, I understood. Yeah, sure. All of a sudden, an hour later, I come back to their bus, knock on the door. Who is it? It's the beer man. They open up and it's like, now I get to see that side of things too. But also it's also a way to be like, Hey, I understand you guys are like, you guys are, you know, on the road. It's not easy being out there. Keep doing what you're doing. We support you. Also, here's a case. Oh, that's awesome, man. And you know, touring, all the bands are so different. Like you might be touring with a band that just wants to party on their bus all the time. And you might be touring with like, a band that like I was this is no uh, not a put down at all but like a band like Hawthorne Heights they were sober when I was touring with them and like I was by no means sober at all but like you know it's just everyone kind of vibes different and lives different some bands are really social some aren't but I think for me I always like it's not the most comfortable thing for it's weird I am more comfortable on stage performing music than like one-on-one I think it's like it's just my mind how it works but um and then my mind just quit out in the middle of what i was saying uh so you're, you're on tour with hawthorne heights and they're oh. sober at the time you were touring you were just like yeah go wild party crazy kind of yeah man and i didn't when i was younger i didn't really understand like i almost was like why the hell are like they not drinking you know isn't this awesome as fuck because like for me about then it was like the whole image of the music and the whole like just which is cool and it's you want to like it's a performance still you know like you're gonna vibe on like what image is comfortable for you but for me the image I had in my head was just 
to be a rock star, you have to be fucked up all the time and doing drugs, sleeping with everyone, like just that cliche type world. And I think that the world's gaining a little more awareness now that like one, that lifestyle is not near as glamorous as it seems. Like you get these people coming out to shows, you know, that like they take off the next day at work. They're staying at a hotel. They've been sleeping all week. They're ready to fucking party and drink and do drugs. Well, when you're touring and you're playing six six nights a week on average, you know, it's like you are around those people that expect you to carry that same energy every night and to party late and to do all that. And it's like, if you aren't taking care of your body after a couple years of doing that without a break, you're just like, shit, <laughs> you know, it's like, but I'm, I'm so glad I've had all the experiences I've had and just like. I, I think every experience I've had in life is a super blessing, even the fucked up ones. Like, it's helped me transport to where I'm at now and hopefully, you know, be able to share some cool messages with people and write some tunes that really connect and also just further some kick-ass music in the world, you know? Absolutely, and just treasure those experiences and treasure those moments because even if they were good or bad or whatnot, you look back at me, it's those moments and those times, those moments, those times made you who you are today. And that's not just yeah. for you. That's for all of us. It's the times that are past have led us to be who we are today. Now, if you like where you are today, you can see how some of those positive and negative moments impact you to get to the point where you want to be. If you're not at a place where you want to be right now and you're trying to find a way to get to those places, use those times in the past that things didn't go very well or things aren't going very well, use those as motivation to not fall back to that and get to the point where you want to get to in life. And it's not gonna, it's not the easiest process in the world. Trust me, I know. I, I went from, you know, being manically depressed and almost killing myself to loving every minute of life doing this. I mean, every chance I get to be on a podcast talking to artists, I'm just like, Woo! like I'm excited. <laughs> like I'm, 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 I'm up top with energy all the time. And it took a long time to get there. It took a long time to get to that point, but it was so worth it. Like, shit, I don't want to do anything else besides this. Like, this is too much fun. So I'm going to keep rolling with it and just use those negative experiences to motivate you to get to that positive place. I agree totally, Kevin. Man, we went from, like, talking about music, have sharing some fun stories to, like, getting super philosophical on here. And that's oh, why I, I love know. doing this stuff. Like, by no means am I trying to preach or something. I am not a religious person. <laughs> or, like, I'm just, just stating my life's, like, journey, you know? Like, I had a lot of great times being fucked up out of my mind, you know? It's like, and whatever. I'm just in a different spot right now, but it doesn't mean anyone else is less important or something. And you're right. All this stuff totally 100% connects to everyone and everyone on here in their everyday lives in a different way, you know? I'm just using my example, but, like, I guess my encouragement is just, like, if you're feeling stuck or you're feeling shameful or you're feeling, like... I'm scared of this world. I only want to cling to the beliefs that like my parents passed down because I'm scared to believe something else. Then it's like, maybe at least just like investigate doing things another way and see how it feels. And if it sucks, go back to how it used to be, you know, like that's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. I think this is the best way to summarize this podcast. We went from sharing stories, talking about music to you're on the vision quest right now. We kind of yeah, just yeah. the second half vision quest with this podcast, man. I wouldn't have it any other way fuck yeah dude <laughs> hell yeah so 
With that saying, Sean, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, I like to give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug wherever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So right now, Sean, the floor is yours. Awesome. Well, yeah, if you guys, it'll be coming up soon. Within like the next month, I'm hoping I'm going to do the first couple Sober Road podcasts. And uh, uh, then everyone come out. We're playing on October 20th at the When We Are Hungry Festival in Vegas. And... You guys all should be there because it's going to be fucking kick-ass and there's lots of great bands and there's great after parties and I will all be hanging out and kicking it like my bandmates. We've been bandmates for 17 years, all of us. That's what I love about my band. We're not hired studio guns. We just love hanging out with people and playing music and vibing and chilling, you know, it's like, so hopefully I get to see all you guys there, you know. Well said. Now it's time for me to close this podcast with three very specific things. So first things first, we're talking with Sean from Tickle Me Pink here. So you're going to want to follow along with Tickle Me Pink with everything they have on online. You know, you want to follow them on social media, want to listen to their music, want to, you know, check them out. Just basically follow along with them and everything because there's going to be more new music coming out in the future. There's going to be more. So oh, yeah. be ready for it. So the best way to do it is... How about this? Go script for the podcast. Say, find Tickle Me Pink online. You're going to see links for everything you can support them online, like their socials, where you can see them on YouTube, where you can listen to music, stream their music, where you can get some merch, if I can find some merch out there. And when it comes to Sober Road Podcast, well, right when you get that first episode out, let me know so I can add the links in the description of the podcast awesome, as well, man. so that everyone can get a chance to go and check out your, so- your Sober Road Podcast and subscribe to it and get into it as well. We're making sure it happens. So send me the link. We'll add subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, I really people appreciate watch this. it. Man. Boom, it's there. Now it's time for number two. So Sean, whenever I guess in the podcast that I absolutely enjoy having the podcast, I always tend to make a certain promise as a way to say both thank you because I would like to thank you for taking your time out of the podcast, like to, out of your day to do the podcast with me because I love doing this stuff and I really appreciate it. And hey, also you, as, a way, as a way for me to say, I want to continue to support the band. I want to make sure that it happens. So normally it starts out with me saying when, because when implies that this is going to happen, date and time is to be determined. This time I can actually say when I get to see you at when we were hungry festival. So at the, when we were hungry festival, my promise to you is this. Now, normally my promise is first rounds on me. However, I know that you don't drink. So that's where you can buy me a Red Bull. Exactly. I'll say we'll figure it out, but I'll get your own because I'll probably after after like two after like you know I'm I'm gonna be on like minimal sleep for that whole entire week. Like I'm probably gonna need one too, man. So it'll be a good way to go about it. So how about first Red Bulls on me? All right, that sounds great, man. Hell yeah. So on that note, Sean, I can't end this podcast by saying goodbye. That just is that just sounds way too final. No, no, no. That's not happening for yeah. two reasons. One, made the promise to you. I'm seeing you when you're hungry, and that Red Bull's on me. Second thing is when you got that new music coming out. And the Sober Road podcast is on it uh, is is rolling. Let me know. We'll do this once again. We'll talk all about it. How about, Dude, that that sounds great, man. I've enjoyed fuck, it. Fuck yeah. So Sean, this is not goodbye, my friend. Hell no. This is. I'll see you later. Yeah, man. I'll see you later, dude. I'll see you in October. Hell yeah. Well, folks, that was my interview with Sean from the band Tickle Me Pink. Once again, Tickle Me Pink is playing day one of the When We Are Hungry Music Festival. If you want to stay in touch with Tickle Me Pink, which you should, go to the description of the podcast where it says find Tickle Me Pink online. Links and labels for their socials where you can find the music, stream the music, download the music, buy the music, find some merch on top of that. Also, stay connected with the band so you know when new music is coming out. Boom. That's where you go. I've got links and labels for everything. So go follow along with Tickle Me Pink because Fallen Long will tickle you pink.
Okay, that's kind of weird. Also, make sure to follow along with the Corporate Aggression Podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Please make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel where you can watch all these podcasts. You can also subscribe to Spotify Podcast, iRadio, Amazon, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Because I know we're a lot of places, so hit that subscribe button. If you're subscribed to the podcast. <coughs> Thank you! Thank you. Okay, it's not a little disingenuous, but please... I want to say thank you to you. So please listen. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for subscribing. That means the world to me. I mean, this this gives me energy like none other. So this gives me like life like none other. So I, I love doing this. Please, like I want to thank you for supporting this podcast. If you're just subscribing now, thank you for coming by and thank you for subscribing. If you're like, I like this one, but I just don't want to subscribe. First thing I'm going to ask you to do is reconsider. But if you're like, yeah, I just don't want to subscribe to it, I'm going to say, okay, thanks for stopping by anyway. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and listening to it or watching it. And we hope to see you again for the next one, honestly. I mean, I, we'd love to have you back. No shame in that. No shame in that. I also want to thank support of this podcast, Manscaped. Again, remember, 20% off and free shipping code CPP at manscaped.com. And also get your tickets for the When We Were Hungry Music Festival, October 2021st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Links in the description of the podcast to get your tickets now. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for being on the podcast. I cannot wait to, you know, get this episode out there. Also, help you get your podcast out there as well. Help support you on that. And I'll see you in October, my man. Hope to see everyone else that's listening to this podcast in October when we were hungry. On that note, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for watching this to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I am every single one. So the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya. Yeah.